What's going on, NBA family? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. Today is Saturday, January 6th. And here with us today to discuss all this NBA Week 11 madness is a familiar face to the show, man. We've had him on before. My guy, Jason Gray, a.k.a. Hot Take J. How you doing, my dog? <laughs> Good, man. Happy to be in here. It's a long the holiday, Christmas break, and uh, just getting back into these these hoops, the day-to-day. We got some new developments. I'm eager to talk about it. Yes, sir, man. We got a lot to get into, man. Jam-packed episode. Uh, before we get into it, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Um, comment comment down below so, you know, what videos y'all want to see, what kind of topics y'all want to see us get into, man. And um, like I said, man, make sure you hit that bell button so you can stay up to date with um, the best infotainment around the league, man. But let's stop wasting time. Let's go ahead and get straight into it. And the first thing that we always do on the show is we always start with the news and rumors around the league. So let's go ahead and start with that. Um, as we know, All-Star Game is right around the corner. February 18th is when the All-Star Game is going to happen. And uh, All-Star voting recently opened up. So in light of that, my brother, what I wanted to start the show off with is uh, All-Star Game starting five, both East and West. Uh, since you're the guest, I want, I want to give you the floor. I want you to go ahead and run off whatever side, whatever team you want first. But talk to me. Who are your starters, my boy? Uh, we'll do the West. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let you do the do the East first. Um, with the West, I'm gonna be a little controversial because um, it's kind of messy in the West. No, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty messy over there, right? And I'm looking at it, and off top, um, you know, praise to 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 Steph and Braun because they're having uh, outstanding years individually. But it's like, is there any discernible difference between them? their production last year and this year, you could nitpick at it. I don't think so. But the truth is, is what's around them is is not looking right for both of them. And then you have other dudes in the starting, like in this starting five position list, whatever. And I just couldn't not, right? Like, for example, I wouldn't want to put Ant in there over Steph or Braun. Okay. But he's the best player on the best team, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and his stats are commensurate. So we going with Ant, even though, like I said, it's 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 controversial, bro. It's controversial. Very, very, you very. can't be in the number one seed and not have a dude, you know, in there. That's so real. Like, That's real. You know, um, Ant, SGA, Luca, KD, Jokic. Um, so Ant, SGA, Luca, KD, Jokic. Okay. Yeah. So no Bron, and, no Bron in there then. Okay. No okay. Bron, no, no, no Steph. But again, okay. like they're like tenth and eleventh in the West, dude. And KD, um, KD, they're only ninth, but KD's holding it down with that bench mob they got in the starting lineup. And it's like, and he's been holding it down with Brad Beal, like stealing money, and <laughs> and uh, and so you know, just Luca's so heliocentric and just. Killing the stats and SGA is trying to, you know, aim for the top spot, the, the top guard spot in the league. And and then Yoka is just, you know, grandfathered in. So, okay. I like that. I like that. Hard, hard to go up against that. Uh, my West, who I got is Luca, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. It's got to be mm-hmm. Luca in there. Um, he's talking about a player who's second in scoring, third in assists, third in, third in triple doubles. He's been carrying the Mavs. Uh, Kyrie's been out for the last 15 ish games and he's been carrying them. They still sit in that, in that sixth seed. 
so I gotta I gotta give that to Luca. You talk about you know how he's just so so ball dominant, but it's like it's ball dominant mm-hmm. that it works. It's it's amazing. One of my favorite players to watch. So gotta give that to Luca. And at the two spot, I I like the I like the ant nod. I ain't gonna lie, I like the ant nod, but I think it's just a little too early. So I'm gonna go with SGA. I'm gonna go SGA, man. I'm not gonna lie. Last season I was a big SGA fan and I was telling people like yo SGA over Curry SGA over Curry and people thought I was wild people thought I was crazy but this season he's doing the same thing putting up similar numbers right 31 points per game six rebounds six assists 2.5 steals on 54% from the field career highs in points rebounds assists field goal percentage and free throw percentage and mind you he's leading the Oklahoma City Thunder to the second seed I don't care what nobody says. I don't care if you watch every Oklahoma City Thunder game. Did nobody think this team was going to be at, you know, 30-ish games into the season was going to be sitting at the second seed and dominating the way they've been winning? These these haven't been easy wins. Talk to me. You don't I, look I, like I, you- No, I, I wouldn't have said nobody in the sense that I would have – my homeboy hit me up at the beginning of the year. He goes, hot take, hot take, hot take. I got Thunder in the top four in the West. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's a hot take. Um, I'm not going to lie and tell you I would have penciled them in for second um, with a chance to finish first in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely exceeding the highest that I thought. But I would I would have – I might have put them at three or four um, at the beginning of the season just because I felt like – because I was seeing you with SGA, right, and then all these, these flowers are about to blossom at the same time. But okay. I'm, I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. Who else you got? And then another point I got to give to SGA though, and one of my biggest nods mm-hmm. as to why I got to give it to him is this league is a is a three point three pointers league, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. shooting ten to fifteen. SGA is attempting three threes per game. They you know, and he's averaging thirty one points. You know what that means? He's constantly <laughs> attacking. He's getting to yeah. the cup. I love watching SGA play. So for my yeah, my my backcourt Luke at SGA, and then at that at that front court, I gotta go with Bron. And I I ain't gonna mm-hmm. lie, you made some great points as to. As to you know, maybe not having Bron in there, but still mm-hmm. at 39 years old, he's still the most unstoppable player coming downhill. Like coming downhill, there, there's just not much anybody can do to uh, to to stop him. Right now, he's averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, 40% from the three-point line, 52% from the field, low career low in turnovers. And right now he's top five in triple doubles again. 39 years old again 11 seed hurts it really really hurts but we cannot put that on him like the the the, the blame and i and i'm i'm a lakers fan i'm a lakers fan i i could tell you right now that mm-hmm. it, it's it's not on it's not on everyone else but lebron right lebron definitely has his faults but it's been the role players that's let him down it's been darvin ham that's let him down i mean the last two games the lakers got froze by a zone defense a simple zone defense they could mm-hmm. not they could not figure it out. And I blame that on what? Coaching personnel. You got to see. Last game, the Miami Heat killed us with a zone. So coming into the next game, we got to be ready for it. The Grizzlies, what do they do? They played as right man all first, first, second, and third quarter. Fourth quarter, they zoned us up. We got outscored 31-18. So question, question. Talk question, to me. Bro. Because like I don't, I don't, I don't be watching the Lakers like that. So I'm gonna defer to you, but I have some pointed questions in around um the biggest difference between last year to this year, y'all go on a run. The free agency, you know, the consensus was the free agency was a success. I thought it was, you know, in the right direction too. But when you backtrack, everybody's putting this on Darvin and I don't, um, even if the coaching, you know, 
affects a win or a loss, maybe 5%, 7% chance, odds, whatever you want to call it. Like, like uh, I'm not like, I think I know what it is from afar without like dissecting them. But tell me last year to this year what that is, because they went on a run after they got most of this roster. They did. They absolutely did. And the, the difference is we had that third a consistent score this season we don't have that third consistent score austin reeves has just not been able to do that consistently right if you look at the last la the last couple of games the laker i mean uh, the last two games austin reeves had a good game but if you look back to i believe it was three four games ago when we played the minnesota timberwolves and the game before that we lebron and anthony davis were about the only two players that scored in double digits d has uh, you know honestly disappeared on offense like i don't i really mm -hmm. don't understand where his offense productive uh production went but when you say like it's not on darvin it's not all on darvin but the the leash that he gives players and the lineups that he runs just doesn't make sense and i you know i've talked about this on my on my lakers page all the time you know everybody want to check out lakers corner on youtube check, check that out all type of lakers content but i say that Darvin Ham is creating inner team term inner team turmoil because he's giving some players longer leashes and some players shorter leashes and for no reason. And I'll talk about this, right? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is out there because Darvin Ham is a defensive-minded coach. But Cam Reddish doesn't get he gives us almost nothing on defense. Jared Vanderbilt, he's out there because Darvin Ham is a defensive-minded coach, gives us almost nothing on defense. But D'Angelo Russell can give us some production on offense, but because he has a, a defensive liabilities, Darvin Ham just pulls him, pulls him, pulls him so quick because of the defensive liability. But it's like we need to realize that we need another score out there. It can't just be 82-game season, 39-year-old LeBron James bringing the ball up court every single time. Come playoffs, that's the best way to go about it. But right mm -hmm. now, what we need to do is preserve LeBron. But right now, we don't have that point guard there. That's the biggest issue for me. So okay, so when you said Cam and uh, and Jared Vanderbilt, you mean they hang their hat on defense, but their offensive liabilities. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they, okay. Their offensive liabilities. Bro, the last two games they went for donuts. Yeah, donuts. Yeah. Um, so what I the the reason I uh, throw a little bit of shade at at Braun is because, and this is me being forty one, like I, I I know what this is about. It's like he has become a a Jedi master at expending energy right picking his spots knowing exactly where to go but as he gets older those moments you cut and you cut from defense his his offensive production is evolving it's looking different but it's still as efficient and all the stuff you're talking about you can tout the numbers but the thing is is what he's stealing from he's stealing from the integrity of the defense too and nobody's mad at him for doing it, bro. You're 38, 39. Ain't nobody. When I was 35, 36, you know, I would call him out for, for dogging it on D, right? Like I would watch this from afar. Ain't nobody mad at that. But but it's still, whether you, whether you can give him a hard time about it or not, he's still cutting some corners on D. You know, who, who can give max effort, you know, with seven minutes to go in the second quarter of a Tuesday game? you know, in December, January, he spent all that. He didn't have a problem spending all that turbo in the in-season tournament. None of it. He wants a team in Vegas. He wanted to be the first championship there. And all I was thinking about, and I didn't say it, I didn't have an outlet to just let it out, but I'm like, man, he's 38, 39. He's spent all this turbo on the in-season tournament. What is this going to look like right after? And uh, 
And it, it's more so the team. But, again, I'm going to get off Braun. I'm not hating on him. He's having a great offensive year, and uh, and he's got to manage the entire season. So, Yeah, I'm right there with you. And then to finish out my starting five, uh, after Braun, it would be Kevin Durant, just like all you said, and Jokic. I mean, for Kevin Durant, the man's well on his way to 50-40-90 club. And for mm-hmm. those of you that don't know what that is out there, as soon 50% or better from the field, which right now he's at 52, 40% or better from the three-point line, which right now he's at 47, and 90% or better from the free throw line. Right now he's at 88, but he'll get there. And then, like how you said, Jokic, consensus. <laughs> Nothing really but, to say there. Um, How you feel about leaving Steph out of there, though? I'm going to be honest, brother. He wasn't going to go in front of Luca, and he wasn't going to go in front of SGA, and he can't go in the front court position. So yeah, like, see, that's a, it was tough that, choices, man. That, yeah, no, it's definitely tough choices. And and I'll say this, man, like for, for my Warriors fans out there that think I'm hating, like this has nothing to do with no hate. It's just the fact of like Luca and SGA are just simply better options right now. Better team, mm-hmm. better numbers, better production, like everything. But that's what it is, in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. like Steph can be just as dominant as SGA and Luca. But the thing is, is when the teammates, the roster construction, the coaching, and everything is selling him short a little bit. That's where Lucas Shine and SGA Shine is really coming to the forefront. They plug some holes on both of those teams to accentuate those players. And but yeah, no, I'm with you. Tough choices. Absolutely. All right, my boy. Let's get to the East. You want to run off your East first? You you, you go ahead. All right. All right. At my one, I got Tyrese Halliburton. I ain't going to lie, man. I ain't going to lie, man. One of the best <laughs> assisted turnover ratios, carrying his team to the fifth seed right now. And if you watch the Pacers, when he's on the court and he's off the court, it looks like two totally different teams. So you can see his impact, 25 points per game, 12.7 assists, four rebounds, one steal, 50% from the field, uh, 40% from the three-point line, career highs again in points, assists, rebounds steals block mm-hmm. field goal percentages i love watching tyrese uh uh yeah tyrese halliburton so that's who i got at my one and at my two now here's where my controversial i think i think it may be a little controversial but i'm i'm gonna tell you why i got this player i got the other tyrese tyrese maxi and here's why i got tyrese maxi mm. at, at, at okay. my starting okay He's putting up career high numbers across the board as well. Right now, he's putting 26 points per game, six assists, four rebounds, up this threes made per game, up this field goal, up free throw attempts and makes per game. But my biggest reason I'm gonna put him here is because of this. He we need to reward him for the jump that he's made and how well he's taken it. And and here's what I mean by saying this: coming into the season, what was going on with the 76ers? The James Harden saga. Didn't know what was going to happen with James Harden. And I was watching this interview with Ty- with uh, Tyrese Maxey. He was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. And he was talking about how uh, J.J. Reddick asked him a great question. He was like, well, like, how do, you, how do you prepare coming into the season with this whole James Harden thing? And what he said is he's like, I'm ready for whatever. If I got to mm-hmm. play off ball because James Harden comes back and plays, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to spot up and play off ball. If I got to step up and play on ball and be that 1A, 1B, 1, uh, 1B type player, I'm ready to do that. And he has done that to a just the, the great, a beautiful extent. So to mm-hmm. me, I'm more rewarding him. And, and the numbers are there. It's not like the numbers aren't there. The numbers are there. They're sitting, I believe the 76ers are sitting in the third seed right now. Numbers are there. He's a 1B. This is his first time doing it. So we we got to reward him. So I, I got Tyrese Maxey there, and then I'm not gonna lie, the front court. I don't even think that there's there's a doubt Debate, about it. Right? There, yeah. We could just run them off, right? Yeah. Tatum, Tatum Giannis, and okay. Embiid. Embiid. Right. Okay. I don't even think that there's a bait. I honestly didn't even put reasons for that, brother. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna leave that alone too because I had it too, Tatum. 
Tatum, Giannis, and B. Um, so I didn't. My uh, we're we're like we're we're one hundred on Halliburton. Um, so that's four fifths. Mine came down. I I went with Brunson, and the thing is, is it's Tyrese Maxi as a one B versus Jalen Jalen Brunson as a one A, right? And Donovan Mitchell was an honorable mention too because their their stats are all pretty similar: twenty five, twenty six a game, leading ball handler on their team. But and you're right with all the stuff you said about Maxi, but he gets to eat off of Joel, where Brunson has to be the tip of the spear, even though Julius Randle is you know a clear number two. But um, but Jalen Brunson watching him and. You know, New York has been damn near bad at basketball my whole life. The Knicks, I mean, and watching him, I am in amazement. Like when I look at his size and how he gets the buckets, bro. Like I can't. Like I'm still dumbfounded. And there's like another a question for another topic, another day, is when people talk about Luca and he needs help and all this. I, I get grossed out because I'm like, I think Luca suppresses talent. He does. And I was like, why was Jalen Brunson not this on the mask? Conversation for another day, another whatever, but but uh but I am enamored by Jalen Brunson and I had him at that other guard spot. I'm not gonna lie, brother. You made a great point when you talk about how Maxi's more of a one B and like there's no way. Any any team that's playing the 76ers is like, all right, let's focus all of our attention on Tyrese yeah. Maxi. It's going on in B. So Maxi is getting some easier shots. And when you look at it, uh, the numbers aren't far off. Like Jalen Brunson, he yeah. is that one A, and he's still 25.8 points per game. We could round it up to 26. So yeah. similar to Tyrese Maxi. So not gonna lie, I'm I'm gonna stand on business because I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna go to the other side. <laughs> but you made a great point. You definitely made a okay. great point. I didn't think about that yesterday when I'm looking at it. Yeah. Great point, brother. Yeah. All right, all right. So um so we got, you know, we got similar front court. Um, all right. So that, that that's that's a fun, fun all-star team, man. And for the family, you know, in the, that's watching from home, y'all let us know in the comment section down below who you got, uh, who's your starting five, East, West. But let's go ahead and jump into it, my brother. Let's get into the up or down report. Um, very fun segment that we like to do here. I have a statement for you. And you let me know if you are up or you are down on it. That's cool with you, my brother. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. First statement that I have here is the Warriors right now are currently 17 and 18. Stephen Curry is trying. He's doing absolutely everything he can, but this team just is not the same anymore. The Draymond Green suspension, the Klay Thompson inconsistencies, the lack of a true good big. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is up or down, are the Warriors officially finito? I hate qualifiers. And if it's like, Yes or no? Um, I'm gonna say yes. They are. the The qualifying part that I just need to slide in is that they have the 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 capital and the assets to make one move, mm-hmm. and it it that that their assets comprise of an expiring Chris Paul, two mediocre to shitty late first round picks. So if Steph is if if Steph has three optimal years left then why do you have three draft picks get rid of them cash them in right um and then you have wiggins at like 25 million where another team could want him another team could buy so and now with trace jackson davis um 
that makes Kevon Looney expendable, in my opinion. So if you add Kevon Looney, Wigan, he's got Looney makes like nine million expiring or an option for next year that they could lock in. Wiggins and his 25 million, Chris Paul and his 30 expiring, and a pick or two. You can go get a guy. I don't know if Pascal's that guy. You can go get like whether well, it's a Jared Allen, a Daniel Gafford, um, a Vucevic. There's a list of guys that I think that don't need to be stars that can run some pick and pop with Steph, that can give some length and a body to stand in front of Jokic. Um, but are they gonna do it? No. And does that mean that they're done? Most likely. I like that. I like that. Now, let me let me ask, I guess, a follow-up to that. It's like, even if they do pull off that move, unless you bring in a Jokic Embiid or like a game-changing type player, is it even enough, though? I think, I feel like even if you bring in that good move of Vu to Pascal, it's still not enough to compete. And well, I talk about this all the time in the NBA. And I know some, I know, you know, there's politics and some teams just don't really care about competing. They just want to make money and stay mm-hmm. and keep, keep their head above water. But to me, and I like to keep it strictly hoops, like it's either win or rebuild. Like you yeah. either are trying to win because you got a yeah. chance or you're just going to rebuild and build for the future so you can win down the line. There's no middle ground to me like no and i feel like that team would just be a middle ground what do you think about that? no i think that people can get caught up in names and i definitely don't think pascal's the guy because his lack of shooting but um what i'm talking about is the pecking order clay is washed on defense but he is not washed on offense transition offense spot up shooting movement like he is not put him in a gym by himself He's still shooting at the same percentages he was three years ago. The thing is, is the pecking order is off and his shot selection has gotten a lot better. What I'm getting at here is one guy who can close out a defensive possession can create some transition offense. And all of a sudden, Steph, Kuminga, Clay, even that white boy out there, uh, however you say his name. His name is like they can. Yeah. They can all get off the second you close out some defensive possessions and create some transition offense, and the whole tense intensity of the game changes, in my opinion. So to answer your question, I do. I think Vucevic running a pick and pop, he's an A-plus rebounder, and him just being a setting them dirty bogut screens <laughs> and then picking and popping on the three is going to open it up. Steph within can go back inside and do some work, but okay, um, it's the right trade. That's what I'm going to argue. But. It's the right trade. I like that. Yeah, they they definitely got to make the right trade. But to me, if, my, if I'm up or down on the worries being done, I'm up on it, man. Because, I mean, I think, you know, Bob Myers, he saw the writing on the wall early. That's why. He saw he the writing. Out of there. He, he, he's like, yo, I'm out. And the crazy thing is I was watching this, like, ESPN the other day, and Bob Myers was on there. And they were talking about the Warriors, and they were asking, like, are, are they done? And it was crazy because, like, you could just see it in his face. Like, he had a little bit of a friend. <laughs> Because he know he know more than what we we yeah. know, man. He saw yeah. that the the plane was crashing and he left early. And like mm-hmm. I, you made some great points. I don't even don't, don't even got to get to it. But uh, I just think that as of right now, and until they make that trade or until they make a move, like they're just relying mm-hmm. so heavily on a thirty five year old Stephen Curry. I mean, look when when Curry scores thirty or more, they're eleven and three. When he scores thirty or less, they're five and twelve. So you're just solely relying on a thirty five year old point guard. That I'm not saying he's washed. He's still Stephen Curry. Don't get me wrong, but it's he's just, six three. Not, what is not, he? Not enough to compete in this league. 
Yeah. Not when everybody's honing in on you and then yeah. you have a lack of ball handling um, and secondary creation. Like you just, it's just not there. And, um, and as currently constructed, barring a trade, they are done. Yeah, I'm right there with you, my brother. We're both up on that. And then let's get to the next up or down right here. And I'm really excited to get into this one. And that is, my brother, are the Clippers for real legit title contenders? No. Uh, no, really? No. Talk to I'm me. not buying that. Talk to me. Um, They're hot right now. And they are, and they have all this, um, I don't know if I want to say peak talent, but they're all, they all can still get it done in moments talking about PG 13 and, and, and Harden and, and Kawhi, but it doesn't feel right. We're talking about 16 wins in the postseason, and we're talking about, um, so we're talking about Kawhi's health. We're talking about Harden, like closing games. Right. And maybe he can as a second and third guy, you know, as far as the hierarchy, but he's still the leading leading ball handler. And then you're talking about their weakness is going to be Denver's strength. So when you add in the fact that they're not going to have a true answer for Jokic and they're going to have to keep the pace that they're keeping, like the, as, as far as scoring efficiency and not being able to stock Jokic, Kawhi being healthy all the way through the postseason. And Harden not folding like a tent when 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 cheeks get tight. Like I just don't. Those are those, that's three things I am not. I wouldn't put my money on. But I'm gonna leave that to you. Okay. Okay. I like that. I, I, I like the here's, here's. I need the you one. to prove me wrong. I, it sounds like you're on the other side. So please. I'm on. I'm on the upside. I'm not gonna lie to you. And and it, it took them some time to figure it out. Uh, in the beginning, it looked rough, but. We got to understand, like, they're playing with four Hall of Famers out there. Like, four, mm -hmm. no doubt, no doubt about it, Hall of Famers. So it takes some time to figure it out, but they got it now. Since December 1st, and and, and this could be to your point, maybe they're just hot, but since December 1st, and I think this is a little bit more than hot, they're 13 and 2. Mm -hmm. They're fit, shooting 52% from the, from, the from the field. Sorry about that. And they're shooting 41% from the three point line. They've had signature wins against dominant teams like the Kings, the Celtics, OKC, Knicks, Mavs, Pacers. And I, I'll give you the point of Kawhi Leonard, you know, being healthy postseason because, you know, nobody knows the future except the Lord himself. But mm -hmm. as of right now, Kawhi Leonard has played, in, is, has played in 30 of 34 games, so he stayed healthy. So our biggest concern of that has at least for now been put to bed. PG, he's he's played in uh 30, you said 30 put to bed. Is that not put to bed? Is that not healthy? But so the last three out of the last five years don't count. No, but I'm just saying we gotta only deal with reality and right now, right? So you don't kind of, but I mean you're expecting an injury. I'm expecting something to happen. I'm okay. expecting something always does happen, and okay. Like and and so and they they're very mysterious. They just we don't even get the full extent of them. All I'm saying is I've seen so many things happen with these Clippers over the course of the last four to five years that I'm not just going to assume because they put 20, 20 games together that that what are we talking about? We got another 25, 30 games left in the regular season, and then we got 16 wins. And I'm not I'm not just gonna assume. 
that the last three out of four years didn't happen. Okay. No, I, I and 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 that's fair. So we could we could punt that point. But yeah. here's 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 where I think that 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 they're they're contenders is because if healthy, so because I gotta I gotta mm -hmm. throw that in if healthy. They know the pecking order. They know this team goes through Kawhi Leonard. Like it, it's not a, a doubt anymore. James Harden had his mm -hmm. whole "I'm the system," and Russell Westbrook yeah. came in and had his whole situation. But now they know the pecking order. They know it goes Kawhi, PG, Harden, Westbrook's coming off the bench doing this thing. But the but the thing that I love is that they know the pecking order, but they don't rely too heavily on not one player. I mean, look, man, last year, last year. Whether people want to hear this or not, whether you like James Harden or not, this man was an all-star game snub. He was an all-star game snub. He's averaging 21 points per game, 10 rebounds on 44% from the field, 38% from the three-point line. The man went off for 45 points in game one against the Celtics in the, in the playoffs. And that's their third option? That's their third option? James Harden, we know he knows how to get people open. We know he's a great playmaker. So he's doing that now with a Kawhi Leonard, with a PG. And the thing is, they're not relying, right? So when James Harden has his, has his, you know, his playoff disappearance, I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, it is the lights being bright, but people got to realize that this is the NBA. This is the highest level of basketball. The teams are game planning, like their game plan is so to where they're putting you in positions that you can't be successful. And now you're not going to be game planning for a James Harden as a, as a second option, as a first option. You're going to be game planning for a Kawhi and PG. So what are you like? You're going to uh, allow Harden to, I'm not saying he's going to get open looks, but you're not going to focus as much your defense on Harden. And he's, he can be sneaky, not only getting players involved, but going to get a bucket himself. Westbrook, not the same player. I'm not even trying to get closer to saying that he's the same player. But, Jason, we both play basketball. We know that energy is contagious, dog. And when you have somebody out there that is scrapping and hustling and going off for loose balls and going off for rebounds, it's hard for you to sit on the court and not do that yourself. Like, you just, you just look crazy if it's not doing that. And I think that energy is contagious coming off the bench for legit. I said three legit yeah. scoring options. Question. And James Harden can be playmaker. Talk to me. Question. Talk to me. The last 20 games, you can you rattled off the list, and I was correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't hear any Jokic on that list. I didn't hear any Embiid or any uh, Giannis. Celtics, yeah. Um, I did hear the Celtics, but but more for them to go where they want to go, they are most likely gonna have to go through Denver. And Denver, short of Aaron Gordon's dog or a Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray injury, like, because Aaron Gordon is tough. Michael Porter Jr.'s got some serious length. And, but the thing is, is Denver is going to score at an efficiency level that I do not think the Clippers are going to ultimately be able to keep up with. And when the game starts to get intense and it starts slipping away, I just you're gonna go back to this Harden in name, what he used to be, and you know a third start, and I'm just I'm I'm it's gonna buckle. It's and gonna buckle. I'm a, I'm a I, that, that's my prediction. Okay. That's what I've seen in the past. Okay, and that's and then and we're not even factoring in the 25 30 percent chance that either PG or Kawhi are just gonna go down with the injury. Like if that's they, just too much. If they do. Again, it's not. I don't think it's the end of the world for them because they have that. They have at least to 20. win, to win in the playoffs. One okay, of them okay, go down, win, it's okay. over. 
Okay. One of them I, goes down. It's over. in the sense in the sense of for this question for up or down. Yeah, you're right. It it would it would be down if if one of them goes if one of them goes down. But the thing I just think to me is just like, man. I mean, James Harden just went for a forty piece last year. Just last year. You think? Do we think he lost? He led the league in assists last year. Do we think he just like forgot how to play? Like, no, but but I but again, everything that you're saying, I'm only questioning who is James Harden when they get to the Western Conference Finals or the second round and Denver's the other team, then we're talking about Kawhi and James Harden. And and is are they healthy? And is James Harden ready to put a champ down? So then if that's the case, is, is there any team in the, in the, in the West that, that are contenders besides the Nuggets? Because if that's the case, then... Uh, you know. no, you're, you're, you're right. Um, and actually, actually uh, Minnesota has the secret sauce with those two bigs. As much as I hate to give them any kind of credit or to sit here and make assumptions about their playoff success, at least they're matching with Jokic's size. And, like, they took two games off of Denver last year, and nobody else took two games off of them. So I don't know. I'm not going to um, lie, brother. The point you made last time you were on the show about the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm I'm on par with that. you. I'm on I'm, I'm, I'm on par with that. And and I'm I'm on par with that. I don't think that like you call me crazy and I've said this the last couple of days on my Lakers channel. Maybe I got my purple and gold blinders on, but <laughs> I would not be surprised if the Timberwolves if, as number 1 eight, as number 1 yeah. seed and let's say the Lakers end up sneaking as that eighth seed and the Timberwolves drop that game because dog like you said it on a on a random Tuesday in the regular season you're going to get players with this this two man twin towers lineup but playoffs yeah. like that that we just yeah, cannot right. that different animal. has been played off the court quite literally Too many every times. single playoff appearance he has had and do we yeah. think that that's not going to happen again and then cat slides over to the five and now you're playing a brand of basketball that you were not playing for the 82 game season that's yeah. my biggest problem with all the those all those dubs you got against half the league that ain't in the playoffs ain't qualified don't count. But I kind of feel that way about the Clippers, too. Everything about their style of play is going to end up being a small ball. Is Zubac going to get played off the court? And when that happens, the Clippers have to execute at an efficiency more than what Jokic blasting them through the middle is, is going to sustain. And I just... It's hard to believe. I, I just don't see it. And, they, and, and, and the Clippers are killing the, the league right now. They are. I'm not even going to argue that. I just second round. I'm only answering second round and Western Conference Finals. Okay. That's, I, w- I want to stay on. I want to stay on the lines of, of contenders because this was uh-huh. that was a real interesting little back and forth. But what about the Oklahoma City Thunder? Are they legit title contenders? They can be. Um, I kind of put them in the same category, the same things that I said about the, the warriors needing to, to write the ship mm-hmm. is the same thing I need. Um, I would think about the thunder because Chet and that their team, they're so talented, but they don't there. And maybe they could have some of that experience. SGA's took his lumps in the playoffs and, and a lot of those players have it, but J will or J dub, I should say, and Chet, they haven't, been in that crucible yet and i'll put it to you like this they go up against minnesota or denver and chet i don't want to say injury because maybe that was just a one-off mm-hmm. but two or three fouls in the first quarter game over game over 
against Denver or Minnesota, he's getting eight. He gets in foul trouble, game's over. And it can't be that. It can't be he gets in foul trouble and the game's over. So to 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 my point, a Jared Allen, a Daniel Gafford, um, they need a they need a big body. They need somebody to they need an OG, I think, in the room. Okay. So that's my that's my take. So this is this is more of like a a, a two a two prong gotcha. question. Let me let me give my 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 up or down of the they're legit title contenders. And I, I'm down. I don't think they're legit title contenders because it, in this league, it takes scar tissue to win. Like it takes scar mm-hmm. tissue to win. And, and and we've seen this time and time again. And like how you said, like they they just simply do not have that scar tissue with Josh Giddy. Uh, I get yeah, Dort does from that 2020, but J Dub, Chet, like that they, they, yeah. they don't have that. Um so I, I don't I won't put them as legit title contenders, but they are freaking really good team, dog. They're top five in defensive and mm-hmm. offensive efficiency. The only other two teams that are doing that in the NBA are the are two teams that I think are title contenders in the 76ers and the in the Celtics. So that that'll be my thing. But let me get to the second prong part of that question because you were kind of starting to get into it. But up or down, do you think the Thunder will make a move this season or are they just gonna sit on it? You're asking me. What do I think Sam Presti would do and based off of his track record? Yeah, yeah. and, and um, you could give me your opinion too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think that they will do anything, which is why I think they will ultimately fail. But I do think uh, fail specifically in the second or third round. I don't think SGA is going to get – he's accustomed to a style of play. And just like James Harden, when you start counting on a whistle, when you get away with things in the regular season that you – you know, that that they change it up when the tempo changes and, and they get a little bit more tight with that whistle. Um, so that dynamic will change. And um, and they they don't need to sell the farm to get a big guy. It's not going to cost the house to get Jared Allen or somebody else who um, who can who can give them what they need. They need another layer behind Chet or somebody who can even play with Chet because he can spread the floor and he's pretty versatile, play an awesome weak side defender. Um, They just need somebody else. And I don't think um, Jay Will, the other one, is is tested enough either. So I don't think they will make the trade but because I just don't think that's Presti's speed right now. Okay. Uh, They should. They, they absolutely should, and I I am agreeing with you right there. I don't think they will because I think that you know a lot of the times in this league, like you don't want to make a move too early and then mess something up that something good that you got going. They're young; they're just gonna let them gel out. But I agree. I think they should because and and this is more in the sense of like the type of like player and the type of man that I am, and like I'm trying to win. I'm trying to go all in, and mm-hmm. when you have. Yes, SGA is young, but like you just you just don't play with NBA. The NBA is just the highest yeah. highest like levels of basketball. So if you got something I mean, good going, come on, let's keep it going. Let's not just let's not just assume it's gonna keep going because he's young, a- aka that young OKC team with Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. They kept saying, "Oh, they got time. Oh, they got time. Oh, they got time." And what happened? Never wanted to and never ended up winning a championship. So I, I'll say that. Um, I love the 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 knot that you brought up about SGA and the whistle because that's really true. Where SGA definitely relies on that whistle a lot. He's really good at getting to the cup, and the whistle does change. So I really like that knot. Um, which and that it makes me say even more that they they should go get another player. And and I think a vet would be solid. Just a good vet, like like how you mentioned, a good OG in the room would be great. 
But I also think that just getting a, some more players off the bench that can produce come playoffs. Because right now they got a good they got a good starting lineup. Like I'll give them credit: SGA, Josh Giddy, Dor, J uh, Dove, and then um, and Chet. I'll give them that. But as we know best, we've been watching basketball for a long time. In the playoffs, what helps you is the deepness of your team is, is, is what are your role players going to bring you? Yes. Lineups. Yes. You know, rotations do shrink, but in those rotations that shrink those bench players, like they need to give you big production and big minutes. You cannot be running a five man rotation come playoffs for the whole 48 minutes of the game. And as of right now, no disrespect to case and Wallace. Cause I really liked them. Actually, when we were in Vegas, mm-hmm. I got a chance to check them out. Really good player. But he's just too young. Not gonna be able to get. Not gonna be a consistent scoring option off the bench come playoffs. Isaiah Joe, same thing. Aaron Wiggins, same thing. Kenrich Williams, same thing. So to me, it's more on the lines of um, more on the lines. They just need to get a deeper bench or just get a vet in there because you got to maximize your window, man. SGA's playing ridiculous. He is. I you know I don't I don't want to assume because they're young that they can't man up in the playoffs like i'm just not going to you don't you don't know what you don't know but there i think there is some credence to getting um a proven vet somebody whether whether it's a bucket getter or whether it's um somebody else to complement the rest of your team in my opinion you could kill two birds with one stone i'm an advocate of moving giddy um i've never really been a fan he's been knocking down the three um the last couple weeks and actually shooting respectable but you know there's shot quality out there and he's just getting wide open looks because people are leaving him wide ass open and it's just uh and i think if you were going to look for that quality big like for me like i'd be looking to move giddy for somebody like mitchell robinson or something obviously he's hurt this year but like they need you can avoid having to pay giddy save that money for for j-dub but then reinforce what it is when it's time to lock that paint down you put him and Chet out there. That's a wrap. We're shutting that down. I just think that there's uh, a subtle move Presty can make uh, for the here and now, and for uh, you know the next couple of years. But okay, okay, that's real. That's real. So, um, all right. So l- l- let's go ahead and get to our last segment of the show here, and that is the winners and losers of the week. And since you are the guest, I do want to give you the floor. Go ahead and run off either winner or loser, whatever, however you feel. Ah. Uh, Losers, um, I, I guess I'll just I'll just start out with the Warriors. It's pretty nasty out there right now. Um, I think that they are hamstrung. Like I think that they just don't even know what they want to do right now in those conversations behind the room. Like, what do we do? And um, should we trade Draymond? Should we trade Wiggins? Should we trade Looney? Should we trade CP3? Um, Clay's you know, trying to figure out his contract status and, and Kerr, I, I don't know if he's half in or half out, <laughs> you know, they, they look lost and disjointed. They almost lost to the Pistons last night. And then they're celebrating a win. Like this is what it's come to. You guys are celebrating a win against the Pistons like this. This, this is a little too energetic at home right now. Um, and uh, I got I got to leave with them as the losers. Okay, I like that. I I actually went with someone who someone else that's in the Warriors organization. That's just Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is the loser to me, man. I mean, in the in the loss when they blew the 18 point lead against the Nuggets, he didn't play Jonathan Kaminga the last 18 minutes. What is that about? 
And the crazy thing is, dog, like he always ruins young guys. And I, 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 I've, I think I told you this before too. Like, I was a, I was a believer in James Wiseman. Yes, he didn't match the timeline, but Steve Kerr also didn't give him a chance. Like the second he'd made a mistake, boom, pull, and this, the the world's shortest leash. Some people may not agree with me on that, but I just think that right now Steve Kerr is losing the current team. And my making Kaminga frustrated, he's losing the future team as well, too. So he's the loser to me for this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I second that. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but um, but I, I don't have any confidence that it's gonna get right. Like I, you know, it's almost like the same people question like what is Greg Popovich doing the last couple of years? And it's just like there's an ego thing when you do it you're so successful, you're on top forever. And now stuff ain't going your way. And you just, no, this is how we do it here. I'm going state. You got to earn your minutes. Like, nah, man, no. Come on, man. And um, who's your winner? My winner, um, I got to probably go with Indy. Uh, they had a little lull right after the in-season tournament, but they're, I think they're winning like four or five, maybe six in a row now. And Halliburton just looks like a flat out. The, he, he looks like the next man up. Like man. for real. Yeah. Man. And and so and I'm a, actually let me my my take on them, I wouldn't say it's a hot take. They don't need a star. They don't. They don't. They need like if I was gonna look at what they need to do, if I was them, like you wanna try to win now, right? You don't want to assume nothing, you wanna try to win now, but you you ain't trying to mortgage no future, more mortgage the picks. Uh, Halliburton is a force multiplier. Go try to get a Brandon Ingram, or realistically, go get a go get a Kyle Kuzma for half the cost. That sounds amazing, right? Kyle Kuzma costs you what twenty a year, but he gets multiplied by Halliburton. He can play some solid defense. You want to leave some room for the rookie to grow, uh, Walker? Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't need to throw out thirty million for Pascal Siakam. What? Yeah. What are we doing? He don't even shoot threes. He's like less than 20% this year. How does Halliburton multiply that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? All he's going to do is mess up the flow for 35 million. Hard pass. Um, but but anyway, I think the Pacers is future's bright. They just got to make the, the right move. And sometimes the right move is no move. That's absolutely true, my brother. Great not. And to me, the winners of the week for me, I talked about them earlier. They've got to be the Clippers, man. I'm talking about the Clippers a little bit too much as a Lakers fan. I ain't going to lie, man, but got to be the Clippers. <laughs> they right now are on a five-game winning streak, and all these wins have been true, dominant, fashion form wins and signature wins. So, to me, I got to give it to them, man. They've been stringing it together. A lot. My Lakers fans going to be like, man, what, what you doing, John? <laughs> talking about the Clippers all this much, man. <laughs> So that's and I'm gonna good. let you know too. We're gonna get a couple weeks down or a couple months down the way, and you're gonna start to see the cracks that that uh that I was trying to touch on. Or you, uh, hey, I'm coming yeah. for you. We got the receipts that's- on tape. That's real, man. We got the receipts on tape, man. Absolutely. And for the family out there, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Me and my guy Jay, and and I want to give a quick shout out to Jay, man. You know, Jay came in you know what i'm saying save the day i ain't gonna lie. i don't need to i don't need to necessarily say how or why but jay came in and <laughs> saved the day so my brother i want to appreciate uh, you for making a, another appearance and this will not be the last time that y'all see my my boy jay on on, on the show here but do want to give you the floor is there anything you want to say before we skedaddle out of here 
No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm just looking forward to coming out here and just talking hoops, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, anybody want to sh shoot slugs at me on Twitter, um, that's my handle on there. And um, and like I just, I can talk hoops all day. I, I love people to come at my neck and so we can argue and, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I had no problem uh, owning it. So, man, this come at this me. This, this right here, family, this right here, this this is a man with a lot of a lot of knowledge on ball, a lot of knowledge on life, man. And Jay, just want to let you know we appreciate you, man, and yeah. definitely ha definitely have you back on. And um, for the family, make sure y'all go follow Jay. I'm gonna drop, I mean, y'all see the Twitter handle right there, hot take Jay 408, but I'm gonna drop it in the description down below. Make sure you check my mm -hmm. boy out and um like, comment, subscribe. And for now, we out of here, y'all. Peace. Yeah.